Hi guys, so I'm, I'm finally back here uh, after a, a couple of weeks absence, so apologies for that. I was hoping to get back into this a bit quicker. Uh, I've just been really busy. I've just uh, completed uh, organising and running an event at the gym I work in at Anytime Fitness, Kashmir. I just ran a, another powerlifting competition, which was a, a bit of an awesome success, if I don't mind saying. Uh, I've also been working on a few other projects. Uh, I've got a thing called Project X, which I'm going to be releasing in the new year. Uh, but I might mention that a little bit more towards the end. Now, today's uh, topic is protein, protein powders more specifically. So protein used as a, a supplement. Now, I was originally hoping to do a talk on maybe estrogen or testosterone, your main androgen sex hormones, but uh, it's taken me a bit more time to research that than I uh, imagined and uh, I haven't had a lot of time. So here I am uh, talking about protein. So protein powders, it's probably one of the most used supplements out there. It's certainly mainstream, it's, but everywhere these days you can see them in your supermarkets, your chemist shops, your your hardcore bodybuilding shots, even most gyms will tend to sell them. Uh, even protein bars are pretty big these days. Uh, as a supplement, these things have been around for quite a long time actually. Uh, I didn't realise how early they'd kicked off that. I was doing a bit of research into this and it turns out some of the original ones uh, made from soy protein actually date back to the early 1900s, which was uh, quite interesting. But most of the, the commercial ones uh, kind of date back to the 1950s and that, that golden era of bodybuilding. So it makes sense, protein has uh, kind of come off the back of the bodybuilding world. Really is very, it's one of those supplements which anyone who's really looking to gain muscle will generally kind of gravitate toward. And it's been, it's been on the scene for such a long time now that it's pretty undeniable that there is an advantage uh, to using it in, in your supplementation. So my earliest experiences with uh, protein powders would have been oh, probably the early 90s uh, and I distinctly remember it was with the Joe Weider uh, protein supplements. Now I've mentioned him before, he was a, a bit of a pioneer, he's a guy who essentially set up the Mr Olympia bodybuilding competition shows back in the, the 1950s and he also brought Arnold Schwarzenegger into the mainstream and really pioneered a lot of bodybuilding in general and no surprises that he was one of the first guys to kind of go mainstream in terms of uh, protein supplements and uh, so I remember distinctly asking my parents back in the day and I must have been about 15 uh, I nagged them for ages to get me this six pack of six containers of uh, Joe Weider's uh, protein and at the time uh, the protein powders back then were less sophisticated shall we say than what you can get today and that they didn't have a, a big range of flavours. I distinctly remember banana flavour being the main thing and it didn't taste like banana oddly enough and it also didn't mix very well. So my earliest experiences with protein supplements uh, weren't generally uh, positive, it was more something which I, I knew I had to take but it wasn't a very pleasant experience taking them. <laughs> So it would gen generally it would be quite gritty, didn't mix well, the flavouring was a bit rotten to be honest and didn't always digest too well either so I won't get into details needless to say that uh, I distinctly remember sitting in long bus trips going, uh, travelling to work after having my protein shakes at breakfast and 
feeling a bit queasy, feeling a little bit nauseous. But I'm glad to say that things have evolved a heck of a lot since then. And today's protein powders are of a much, much higher quality. And these generally taste a hell of a lot nicer as well. So, why do people take protein powders? Well, some general benefits which kind of permeate away from the, the bodybuilding scene would be that uh, protein is one of those essential nutrients. It's a building block of uh, a lot of different tissues in the body. So it's a building block of uh, bones, muscle, skin, hair, your fingernails, pretty much anything. Uh, it's also used by your body to produce a lot of hormones, a lot of enzymes and a lot of other chemicals which are uh, necessary for good health in general. So it's one of those supplements which, although it came from a, a bodybuilding scene, which there's, there's good reason why it has become more mainstream is that it could be of good benefit to, to many people. Uh, but kind of going back to the muscle building side of things, now it is one of those supplements which is, it's been around for so long, decades, and it is, uh, it's undeniable that it's really good for, for athletes and good for gym enthusiasts, aka maybe some gym bros, or just people looking to gain a bit of muscle and recover better from exercise. So as mentioned, it is essential for muscle growth. Although you can get protein in your diet and you'll get it from a lot of dairy things, a lot of your meats, uh, various combinations of uh, root vegetables and, and things like that, it's, uh, unless you're maybe quite switched on, it can be quite hard to get it in your diet uh, without having to eat a lot of meat or eating a lot of dairy, which uh, a lot of people don't like to do these days. And it's also more convenient as well. So I mean, from one point of view, I'll often take a protein shake first thing in the morning uh, with my breakfast. So it's just easy to mix it up in a container of a shaker, drink it, tastes nice, digest well. Uh, Bob's your uncle, 20 grams of protein. But uh, had that not been the case or had that not been an option and back in the day when I, I was a poor student I distinctly remember cooking up lots of eggs and eating lots of omelettes trying to get the same of equivalent amount of uh, grams of protein so it's just a lot easier to drink it and again if you're a busy person it's just it's convenient you could grab your shaker plop some protein in it mix it up with water and away you go or even just grab a protein bar so for, big argument for me would be that it is, it's convenient more than anything else. Uh, but it's definitely an aid for people looking to, to gain muscle, whether it's to build muscle or to support your, your sporting endeavours as well. So there is a lot of research which does suggest that protein supplements will significantly improve your muscle size, your muscle strength, uh, along with smart training, which would tend to be some sort of the resistance training, aka uh, weight training. Uh, it's also really effective uh, depending on gender. It, it, there's no kind of difference in genders here. So men, women, it doesn't matter. And it's really good for older people as well. It's one of those things where as people get older and they start to lose a little bit of muscle, just that kind of... Uh, as you get older, after about 40, you can lose a couple of percent of muscle each year. Having a good amount of protein in your diet is one way to, to offset that. So again, it's, it's, it's useful for older athletes as well as younger athletes as well. Uh, now there's a lot of uh, information out there. Well, I found a lot of conflicting information actually about how much protein to take. Uh, I've seen myself absolutely smash it and take 
probably upwards of two and a half to three grams of uh, protein per pound, sorry, per kilo of body weight, which is probably excessive to quite an extreme. So what, what I've did gather from my, my research in here is that once you exceed around about 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, there doesn't seem to be any additional benefit. But having said that, I know that some people may argue that and uh, based on the anecdotal experience might still take more than that. Uh, now there is a lot of uh, other factors here in terms of just taking the, uh, the sheer volume of protein. There's also timing of it as well. So if you're using it to uh, recover from exercise, which again, timing, one of the best uh, times to take your protein supplement would be within about 30 minutes or so after exercise. And this is well documented to be a real good contributing factor to uh, helping your body repair from the damage which your muscles have endured uh, through exercise. So if you're an athlete or if you're uh, a good kind of regular gym user, it will help speed up your recovery from exercise sessions and it may actually help reduce muscle soreness after sessions. So long story short, supplementing protein not long after your training sessions may allow you to not be as sore and essentially allows you to get back in and train hard again uh, effectively in a, a reduced amount of time. Uh, so taking protein after your exercise can aid recovery uh, by reducing muscle damage and improving uh, protein synthesis which in turn helps repair and get you set up for some good performance at uh, next workout. So that would be my key time I'd probably say it would be worth taking it so if you're if you're maybe balancing uh, cost up into this as well because I realise that many of these supplements uh, tend to be quite pricey. Uh, it might be just be that you take it after your workout that would probably be my key time if uh, I was having to think about rationing it or use it wisely so as not to have to spend too much money buying it, definitely get it in before your workout. Uh, I've also used it before, taking it before a workout as well. Uh, there's some evidence suggesting that that may actually help that recovery process whereby you're exercising and you've already uh, flooded your system with kind of usable protein uh, as well. But again, I'm gonna touch on different types of protein uh, as I talk through this, but uh, if you were going to do that, I'd probably suggest some sort of blended protein. So that what you don't want is something which is going to get in and affect your digestive system too much, especially if you're about to go and exercise. But it can help uh, your performance or your recovery from exercise by taking it uh, prior to exercise as well. But that's maybe something you've got to experiment with and just see if you can actually tolerate that and it isn't going to muck you up and uh, give you some uh, digestional issues uh, for your workout, which would not be ideal. Now, another uh, good benefit of taking, or maybe one reason to take it, could be weight management. Uh, Protein-rich foods in general tend to keep you feeling fuller for longer. They have a good uh, satisfying effect, will keep you satiated, whereby you won't really feel that hungry after you've eaten a, a big protein meal. And part of the reason for that is, is that your body the process whereby it breaks down that protein during the digestive process is a little bit more complicated than it is for a lot of carbs and uh, simple sugars and things so that it just keeps you feeling fuller for longer because it's, it's taking longer uh, to break down. So that might mean that you can get away with eating slightly smaller portion sizes if you're basing a meal uh, around about your protein. So it might be that 
if you're using protein supplement as a, a weight management aid, you'd maybe have it with uh, maybe some fruit or, or something else so that you're just having that shake to get that extra hit of protein. Again, it's good for the muscle recovery, but it's also good to keep you satiated for a little bit longer as well. So it can be used as a useful tool when it comes to weight management. Again, looking at maybe losing a little bit of body weight, it might be useful. And it's also been shown as well to help uh, reduce blood pressure and total cholesterol, as well as having a positive impact on some other uh, cardiovascular diseases. So uh, again, it might be useful in terms of just providing your body with all these building blocks to produce new muscle cells or new tissues in general. There's maybe a, a spillover where it will actually help boost your immune system as well. You're giving the body a lot of the necessary building blocks to help recover and pair uh, just from injury and stress as well. Uh, and it might just be that, like I said, that it's for convenience, you might be eating quite healthy, but it could just be that you, look, you want to increase your protein intake. Uh, and it could also be that maybe you have some sort of dietary uh, restrictions, maybe you, you struggle to digest uh, milk, maybe you're some sort of lactose intolerant as well, or uh, maybe gluten could be an issue for you, so that kind of restricts the, the spectrum of foods that you can eat, and it could be that a protein supplement of some sort might be a, a useful tool just to ensure that you're actually getting enough uh, protein into your diet. So, types of protein. Well, there's quite a lot of different types out there, and it depends really from where they're sourced, but a lot of the various types will be uh, digested a little bit differently as well. But some of the more common types tend to be uh, whey protein, which is a water-soluble milk protein, and that tends to be, I reckon it's probably one of the more popular ones. It's uh, it's what you call a complete protein in that it contains all your amino acids that your the human body it requires to, to form those building blocks. And it's also really quickly absorbed into your body, which means it's digested very quickly and quite easily. So there's some benefit to that, especially if you are using it uh, post-exercise, where you've maybe had a hard exercise session and you want to get all those building blocks into your bloodstream and transported to the muscles uh, to, to help essentially build new muscle and, and help your body recover. So that's where whey protein would be really useful is that it's a fast uh, acting protein, it's easily absorbed, it's quickly digested as well. Now another protein which is common, maybe not as common, is casein. Uh, it's also a, it's a milk based protein. Uh, it's rich in an amino acid called glutamine which is really good for recovery. So again that kind of ties in with speeding up your recovery process. Uh, and the, the difference between the casein in the way really comes down to the, how it's digested. Casein can take a lot longer to break down, so it's broken down more slowly in your body. So that might be a good protein to take through the day if you were just generally trying to add more protein into your workout and you weren't really concerned about how quickly it was in, you weren't use it, using it for post-exercise. Uh, and if you were an athlete or someone who's training to try and gain muscle or even just trying to maybe lose a bit of weight and you want to just get yourself feeling more satiated, it's a good protein to take later on in the day. It will certainly take away those uh, cravings, hunger cravings a little bit, certainly more so than the whey because it's slow to digest. And if you're somebody who's training really hard, 
it could be good to take it before bed and you'll find that during your sleep cycle your body will be using that slow digestive protein to help recover from exercise and that tends to be the two main ones whey protein and casein protein and i've even seen a quite a few supplement companies uh, have a product where it's a mixed protein and it'll be some sort of ratio of some sort of combination of whey and casein in there which might be another good option for you so uh, other reasonably common but maybe not as common ones soy protein uh, that would be a good alternative to either the whey or casein it's good for people who maybe don't tolerate dairy uh, very well and that also contains all your essential amino acids uh, protein is a good uh, plant-based not sorry protein pea protein is a good plant-based protein obviously made from peas uh, it's a high quality alternative to soy and dairy proteins and it also has quite a good uh, spectrum of amino acids particularly the amino acid arginine which again is just good for recovery now another uh, protein i've seen in the last couple of years which seems to be kind of making some good inroads here is hemp based protein and from what i know about hemp uh, hemp is it's an unusual plant product in that it does contain all your essential uh, amino acids which most uh, plants don't so if you were maybe vegan or vegetarian this would be a really good uh, option for you it's non-dairy there's no meat product in there and it does have a good spectrum of amino acids uh, and it, uh, from what i can tell it's quite uh, easily digested as well and the last one i'll mention there is a uh, beef based protein i actually haven't tried this uh, the the idea of it seems a little bit unusual but uh, essentially it would be powdered beef protein which you could then again i guess mix up in your shaker and uh, take that and i've actually known guys who have been really had some bad issues with uh, lactose and uh, gluten and that's probably that's ended up being one of the only options for them but if i had to take my pick and you didn't have any real dietary constraints i would suggest whey would be a great option for either pre-exercise or certainly post-exercise in case then it would be good if you want to supplement it during the day uh, particularly maybe first thing in the morning or ideally before bed and uh, just side note here uh, milk based uh, products dairy products tend to be quite high in casein so that's always a, an alternative and cottage cheese tends to be very high in casein and i remember from my my days where i was an aspiring uh, meathead i would load up uh, my fridge with lots of tubs of cottage cheese and smash that before bed and even to this day i can't really stand cottage cheese sicking myself with it so there you go guys so that's your different types of proteins in there uh, now here in new zealand uh, what i tended to notice is that it doesn't really matter too much in what particular brand you get they tend to all have the same kind of standard the standard is what i mean it tends to be pretty high here so whether it's a new zealand based product which i recommend it's always good to shop local or it's one that's maybe been interrupted from the states or the uk or canada the quality in New Zealand tends to be very high and in Christchurch here we do have quite a or in New Zealand as well there's quite a, a good a kind of local uh, range of supplements which you can get as well uh, so how to use protein well it comes in powder form so the simplest way you could use it would be to mix it up in a shaker with some water and I mentioned earlier that the original ones which I tried they tasted horrible let's be honest it was like paste 
it was yucky, it was really gritty, the banana didn't taste like banana, it tasted like some sort of weird sort of synthetic cardboard flavour. But these days you get some really awesome flavours, in fact, some amazing flavours. I've had all sorts of like uh, toffee flavours, pecan pie flavours, rocky road flavours. Personally I like to keep it simple. I'll get maybe like a vanilla or a chocolate because I find that just keeping it like a simple uh, base flavour it's easy enough to chug by itself but it's also good if you want to mix it uh, and there's, I've been times where I've mixed it with fruit you make a smoothie from it you chuck in maybe some some frozen blueberries or a, a bit of your vanilla or chocolate protein powder maybe a banana or something and that concoction generally tastes quite nice but again it depends on how you want to use it if you're using it uh, and your your aim is to gain muscle and you've had a really hard session then absolutely might mix it up with some uh, some bananas, some fruit and it'd be a good way to get some extra calories in there. If you're using it for a bit of a weight management aid then you may not want to do that, you might want to restrict the calories. So again it's, it's quite diverse and that's what I mean in terms of it being uh, just convenient. You can kind of mix and match and make your own concoctions up to a large extent and I've even used protein powders in baking as well. I've used it to make brownies, uh, protein brownies and protein cookies as well. So if you like to bake, it could be another option for you. You can make your own uh, healthy concoctions. Now, in terms of uh, amount per serving here, I, I've seen some protein powders where there's been as many as 80 grams per serving, which is just, for most people, I reckon that is way too much. Most ones that you tend to find these days will sit between about 20 to 30 grams per serving, which tends to be a bit of a, a bit more kind of sensible amount. Now there is some evidence that uh, taking it to extremes and taking too much protein could be detrimental to your kidneys and liver. This is that's where your, your body thought was your blood through. Uh, I haven't actually known anyone who has issues with that and I've been in this game for a long time and I've I've come across a lot of kind of hardcore bodybuilders and stuff, but that could just be just my own uh, experiences and it may be something that you, you could find issue with. And there's also some evidence that taking excessive amount of protein supplements could uh, affect how your body uh, absorbs calcium, so that could produce some sort of side effect where it's not so good for your bone health. Right. Uh, and again, taking excessive amounts could also potentially again it depends on the quality of the protein I guess but it could cause some gastrointestinal issues where it could essentially just muck up your gut bacteria a bit and I think that might have been the case where uh, some of the earlier supplements I tried you get these really horrible gassy stomach and yeah the protein farts which go on with it so that's not ideal and uh, I actually think I, I, I had some real gut issues myself back about five or six years and had been using a particular brand of protein supplement who shall remain nameless but I did hear through the grapevine there were some issues with quality control and some of the, the base ingredients have been imported from China. Uh, nothing against Chinese products but I just think it may have just been a, a bit of a product quality control issue there and when I did stop taking it I switched to another brand gut health was absolutely fine so and that might just be me it might just be a particular type of protein which didn't agree with me. So what I would suggest is if you are using proteins and it's you come across one which doesn't agree with you very much, try another brand. It might just be a different type of protein if sorted for somebody else. It could just be an individual thing. Uh, so yeah, as I've mentioned earlier, optimal amount, 
tends to be about 20 to 30 grams. I mean, again, this is individual. I know a lot of bodybuilding guys who would take double scoops where we'd be taking 40 to 60 grams post-exercise and they swear by it. And I have done that myself. I mean, there were times where I was going through uh, a lot of training and I kind of slipped back into my my default meathead habits and I'd be taking 30 grams protein shake before and as much as 40 to 60 after. But again, looking back, I think that was way too much and just generally too much in the way of calories overall. My own experience is that I just I get a little bit fat. I was eating too much in general. So uh, lesson learned there. And I find that just taking a protein supplement after my exercise is plenty for me. And it certainly saves a bit in the bank balance as well because some of these supplements tend, to, they can get quite pricey as well. So the takeaway from that is that protein powders they are beneficial supplement for most people, especially athletes, especially older athletes. It can be good for vegetarians and vegans. It can be good for people who have some sort of dietary restriction where you find that maybe some other foods don't agree with you. It's a great convenient way just to get extra protein into your diet, which protein is good for recovery. It's good for muscle building. It's good for performance. And it's also good just to... Uh, be healthy. It will support your immune system. It gives your body the building blocks it needs to recover from injury and illness as well. Uh, but again, it's an individual thing. You may be that your lifestyle allows you to cook lots of nice healthy meals and shop healthy and you don't weight train. You might just be average person who just wants to keep healthy and that's fine. That, that may or may not be for you. But guys, I would say if you are a gym person and uh, you're like me, you live in a modern world where life is busy, you don't necessarily get to have the luxury of, of having time for every day to cook and prepare meals as even though your intentions may be there, it, it could be a useful aid for you. It might be something that you could be advantageous to your lifestyle and might help support a healthy lifestyle as well. So guys, that is my two cents on protein supplements. Now, that was something I was going to talk about anyway, so I've slipped it in there because it's, it's a relatively easy thing for me to talk about because it's something I've used uh, it regularly for oof, 25 years, so no shit. In that time, there's maybe been a couple of months uh, where I didn't take it, and that would have really just been when I was travelling between the UK and New Zealand, uh, and initially moving to New Zealand where I was really broke and I couldn't afford any, so it wasn't a choice. And what I actually did find during that time is uh, I actually, I get really ill quite a lot. So that could have just been, uh, again, just my uh, coincidence there of moving to a new country and being exposed to all sorts of new and interesting uh, flu variants and stuff there. But I did lose a lot of weight and I get quite ill, but that's just my two cents. So guys, before I wrap it up, uh, if you have made it to the end of this, I really appreciate you listening to it. And I've been speaking to a lot of guys in the gym, in fact, a lot of uh, gym users at Anytime Fitness in Kashmir in New Zealand here have come up to me and said they've listened. So if you're one of them and you're listening to it, I really appreciate it. And don't be scared to come up and talk to me in the gym and maybe suggest topics as well. I mean, I've got a list of things which I fully intend to talk about uh, and hormones is one of them. But uh, a lot of times I've just found recently that it's been quite a, I've been time sensitive and I haven't had the time to properly research it. And before I do wrap up here, uh, I am looking to run uh, an eight-week initiative, which is essentially a challenge, but I don't know what it is with challenges. It's just, it's me. I don't, 
like that term. I think the idea of having to reward somebody or having to dangle a carrot in front of them to encourage them to take charge of their health, it doesn't sit well with me. I would rather be in a position where I'll, I'll facilitate that and I'll be a source of knowledge, I'll be a guide and I'll, I'll really help somebody as much as I can. But I don't like the idea of having to kind of shake that carrot for them. So I've called it an initiative where it's more of a, it's where I'll come in and help you set up an initiative to intervene and, and really just to, yeah, take charge of your, your health and your lifestyle and develop healthy, long-lasting habits. So maybe that's why I don't like challenges. I see it as a, a short-term gimmick almost where there's a lot of uh, high-fiving and a lot of gee whiz, but it's it doesn't really set up long-term healthy habits, which is why I've called mine an initiative. So going back to Project X, what I like to do is uh, I'm aiming it at Generation X, that's why I've got the name Project X. So that's 35 to 55 year olds, and that's my demographic. And I find that, I mean, there's no point in me trying to connect to a 20, 25 year old, I'm not there anymore. My life is a lot different, and um, my life experience, and my things we have in common are a lot different. And as I'm getting older, I'm finding that my needs, exercise needs, nutrition needs, lifestyle needs to stay healthy, have changed a lot as well. So as I grow and evolve and keep my foot in the fitness industry and stay kind of fit and healthy myself, I'd really like to pass that knowledge on to other people in my, my generation. And that's where Project X comes in. So that's an eight-week initiative. It's based in personal training. It's based in knowledge-based seminars where a lot of things I'm really going to try and educate people on are things I've already spoken about, like stress, how your body handles it, sugar, how your body handles it. Uh, hormones, sleep, and I've picked things which I believe will have the biggest impact in your life. So over the course of eight weeks, or maybe six or eight different topics, uh, and there are things which I think if you take the time, learn about them and try and develop habits which would incorporate those things into your life, you will set yourself up really nicely to uh, age, <laughs> age healthily, like I hope to do as well, and not let age really be a, a barrier and preventing you from doing the things that you do. So guys, that is Project X. Keep your eyes peeled for it if you're in the gym. I've went quite hard for promotion and I'm currently taking bookings here as we enter early December. So guys, if you made it this far, thank you, appreciate it. And if you could share this, get the word out there, get the Coach Pete podcast. I really want to make it a big thing moving into 2022. So that is me, Pete out. See you soon. Bye team.